0: Hey everyone, it's Ryan again with the blockchain Chain Podcast. And it's been a little bit of time since my uh, last podcast, a little more than a week. I try and get something out every week. But obviously there's been a lot of movement in the markets over the past week or so. And I kind of wanted to take it in, uh, think about what's going on, and then kind of uh, give you some insight that might be useful as we kind of uh, uh, ride this wave, if you will, or I should say maybe this, uh, uh, this crash coming downward or whatever you want to call it. So if you go back to my predictions for 2018, this was more or less predicted. Uh, the only caveat there was I thought that uh, Bitcoin would get a bounce as everything moved out of alts first, um, but it looks like everything's kind of coming down at once. Um, with uh, Bitcoin, you know, not doing too bad, uh, but Ethereum's kind of holding up a bit better on a percentage move, and then a lot of the alts, you know, are down quite a bit uh, more than each of those. But for the most part, it's kind of an across-the-board um, downward movement. And it's continuing to happen, and it, you know it's going day by day. And so, uh, the market cap is somewhere around 400 billion. And prior, I had mentioned that maybe, maybe it would hit the one trillion mark, but that'd probably be a psychological barrier. I think it ended up getting somewhere around the five 750 billion mark before it started coming down, uh, bouncing a bit, and then now uh, coming down pretty hard. Now where we're at. So this is all. This is all relatively. Um, i won't say predictable but not unexpected if uh you've been in trading and you've been in markets for a while you kind of knew like i was saying prior that this was a very feverish run-up very extreme run-up difficulty in those it's always very difficult to figure out where uh they stop and so you know we hit uh, somewhere around twenty thousand. But it could have easily gone to thirty thousand, thirty-five thousand, forty thousand. But really, the trick in all this is to make sure that you understand and you see that, and that you take your gains, uh, especially in times when something's going straight up and it's got to come back down at some point. It's just where do you take your gains out? And there's different strategies to that, and I won't talk too much about that here. But you know, just keep that in mind that. Um, there are strategies to making sure that you're able to lock in your profits uh, in times when you have huge upruns, but at the same time, not losing out on you know additional gains. But that's kind of the balance. I mean, sometimes if you're greedy, you ride it over the top and you come back down the other side and you erase your gains for the last two months. So a lot of people did that. If you look at Ripple, it's down to 80 cents as I'm looking at it now. Ethereum's down to 880. Uh, Bitcoin, all the way down to 8500. But it's... saw. Uh, somewhere in the mid uh, seven thousands, like 7,500. So I don't want this whole talk to be a commentary on kind of the price movement. I, I really want to switch over and focus on, you know, what we're looking at going forward. And I want this to be a, a bit of an honest kind of discussion and an honest conversation about it so that, you know, people's expectations, you know, are, are settled a bit. So one of the things that you can do when you're looking at markets like this and you're looking at you know huge runups and huge price movements is kind of what the general consensus or what the general feel looks like. Is there a lot of fear in the market? Is there a lot of exuberance in the market? you know how big is that? you know are these things rational? Are there a lot of questions that need to be answered uh, and if so, why is the price going up? or is there a lot of questions that are need to be answered and the price is going down and that's reasonable. So you kind of really have to just gauge the market and then if you've been in this long enough you know i I went through the twenty thirteen ish crash and it was very similar to this and if you look on the Twitter page, you know I kind of posted a little comments about that, and it was basically like you know if we have a correction you know similar to twenty thirteen uh, we'll be at about seventy five hundred when this you know settles out in uh, not too long so and that's kind of where we're at now now that said um it's not unreasonable for it to come down somewhere in the five thousand uh kind of uh, area. And that may seem crazy to a lot of people, and that's almost another fifty percent haircut. Not quite, but almost. And well not not from seventy five hundred, from about 8,500 8, where we are. But we could still move further downward. And again, what I kinda do to Kind of look at this. I look at the psychology of when it was around five thousand. That wasn't that long ago, actually. uh There was quite a bit of exuberance, but it wasn't unreasonable. And chart wasn't just going ridiculous. Where once it kind of breached the eight thousand mark, it's you know the seven eight thousand mark. It kind of just just started going in at a pace that was really unreasonable, especially given the fundamentals, the adoption rate, the f- issues with fees, transaction times. Etc. And that goes across. That goes uh, really across the board, but in different ways for altcoins. It was really just you know who knows what these are. You who knows what they do. Who knows what's legit? Do they have any utility value whatsoever? Are they? Do they even have a product whatsoever? Are they just developing still? And so for the most part okay this industry is very nascent okay bitcoin has been around the longest and bitcoin does have really sound and simple use cases it's a uh currency oh, well it's not really a currency it's a store of value but some people call it a currency but the volatility doesn't really allow it to be a currency and the transaction fees most recently didn't allow it to be really a functional currency Ethereum is kind of this, like I said before my last uh, podcast, uh, kind of the securitization sort of uh, platform. And so it has a real value. Um, Ripple, I I don't particularly like Ripple for a lot of reasons. It's, it's, you know, I guess people say it's trying to be a, a better PayPal or some sort of settlement between banks or whatever the case may be. But the difference between Ripple the company and XRP, you know, it's night and day. And I am just not a huge fan, so I won't talk too much about that. Bitcoin Cash has come down a bit too, and you know, big blocks, you know, fine, great experiment. Uh, 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 I understand why they wanted to do that. Fees were a big issue. Fees are going to be less of an issue now uh, with a much lower price and also with Lightning coming online with Bitcoin. So that's happening now. People are using it, using it on mainnet, and so a lot more work and software needs to be done there. But, um, uh, you know, it's it's coming along, and so Bitcoin Cash may be less relevant Uh in that light, uh, there's Cardano. Um, there's still a lot of work to do there. They're they're doing a lot of uh, formal sort of verification, a very systematic, scientific, peer-reviewed process. And so I, you know, I have a lot of respect for um, kind of the lead folks there. They're very intelligent about blockchain technology, and they they seem to be taking a longer term approach. And they've been hit quite hard on the price movement. Again, as I'm looking at it today on February second, you know, the seven day it's down 42. percent. Uh, I feel that that was Elevated or higher than it should have been for a while, given you know the status of it, given the awareness of it. But you know the long-term vision seems good, but probably overpriced. NEO has actually been quite interesting. It's been able to hold its own quite well. Actually, only down about eighteen percent over the last seven days. Um, Not too bad. It's kind of in line with what Ethereum has been doing. And I would say that NEO is interesting to me, uh, but I don't know at what price level. Given that we're seeing a wider market correction you know I, I may get into that at some point and uh, add a position there but i actually don't have a position surprisingly in neo and that's kind of uh, i look at it as similar to ethereum but you know in kind of uh, asia and also being able to have some things uh, or components that uh, um, have identity components which is interesting uh, litecoin's taken a big hit from its its highs around 400 it's at about 126 that's not unexpected either and i and i You know, I I do like Litecoin. Uh, I like it for a number of reasons, but a lot of them are kind of technically nuanced. One of them is that it does use a different hashing algorithm. So unlike Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin, they use the same hashing algorithm, which is SHA-256. And Litecoin uses a script. And so if there's ever a major issue with Bitcoin or attack or 51% attack or anything like that, um, Litecoin can stand on its own because it's not using the same hardware to secure the network. It's using something completely different, and it has atomic uh, swaps between Bitcoin. So, you know, in the in the case that Bitcoin something happens, there's just turmoil. There's technical technical issue. There's whatever issues. Uh, there's government intervention. You know, Litecoin is a great alternative, and it is a good. Uh, kind of second place or a second tier or backup, if you will, for the same sort of functionality as Bitcoin. And it it adopts it. I mean, it basically takes the code that's put in the Bitcoin and just adds it to the Litecoin network um, or Litecoin uh, project. So I like it for that reason. It's a good backup. And uh, a lot of people uh, attribute it to something like gold and silver. You know, it's the silver to gold. And you hear that a lot. Great marketing uh, kind of narrative. But that's why I like it. not necessarily as much as Bitcoin. I like Bitcoin more, but the price differential you can see obviously reflects that as well. The other is Stellar. I actually don't know too much about Stellar. That's number eight. And I'm kind of going down the list if you couldn't tell on the uh, cryptocurrency market cap so that uh, you have some uh, insight into kind of how I'm doing this and also what the top coins are doing. Uh, The the next one on the list that I really like is actually EOS. So I I mentioned this a lot in my... um, in my podcast, I just kind of usually mention it in passing. It's taken a pretty big hit over the last seven days, but it's also kind of held pretty well around the $10 mark, you know, plus or minus a couple on the downside and then plus five or so up on the upside. So between, you know, it's hung out somewhere around eight to 15, but it's, it's very interesting in the sense that it is actually a uh, platform that um, uh, people can build blockchains, uh, blockchains on top of, or it's a instead of being a blockchain itself it's kind of a platform to deploy blockchains that uses delegated proof of stake and the token holders for that coin will um, then kind of see the genesis blocks i believe for these new projects that spin out of eos so it's almost like a windows operating system linux and i think i talk about this in my other podcast but that one to me is is very interesting because it's different it's not a smart contract platform per se and it's not a currency it's this operating system or this sdk or this software platform um, with the interesting caveat of uh, the token holders kind of help see that genesis uh, block and uh, the proof of stake that comes along with that so it's interesting. I think it's more in the future. They should be la- launching production sort of stuff, and they already have stuff on Testnet um, once the ICO is done and I think, June-ish. So uh, watch out for that one. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that really rally around that time. There'd be some hype. There'd be some more information about it, new projects. And they also have a huge war chest of money to throw at uh, projects that use EOS. So I, I like EOS. NEM um, or NEM, not a huge fan, haven't been for a long time. Uh, arguably don't know a ton about it, but the volume and transactions on that, it just just always seems you know very you know, suspect in the sense that it's not used, it's not traded very much. Uh, Their underlying protocol kind of, I think, artificially inflates the price. So not a huge fan there. But IOTA, let's talk about IOTA. A lot of people have talked about IOTA. One of the biggest things a lot of people talk about is the functionality um, some of the issues with the network because it's small it's it uses needs checkpointing it's not very secure it's actually got a lot of issues i even have the wallet and maybe i'm just uh, too dumb to figure it out but can't even you know connect and, and send the transaction and to be fair it's not a finished product and a lot of people will mention that and that's fine because there's a lot of blockchain product uh, projects that aren't anything they're just i just nothing they don't have a deploy chain or anything but you know uh, iota does and because it's kind of half baked and not quite done uh they catch a lot of flack for that and they they've uh, rolled their own crypto as they say by writing their own hash function and so there's there's some concerns there and maybe that's just fud but even the mm, the founder some of his responses to things and so forth just doesn't seem very professional uh, overall it's a different sort of angle using t- the tangle it's not really a blockchain sort of technology if uh, in the purest sense of the word, so it's interesting because it's different, but I, I personally don't have a big stake in it. and I, uh, I would look at that with you know caution. It, it's been down quite uh, quite low before in, in the uh, tens of cents. And it's gone all the way up to, you know, many dollars. And now it's at about a buck seventy-two. And, you know, it's traded on only a handful of exchanges. The technology is still developing. It's uncertain if anyone's ever going to actually use it or if it can get to scale such that it is actually secure. Who knows? But that's how I feel about IOTA um dash i've actually never really liked dash that much um it's come down a lot from its high um one of the first kind of movers to retrench so far maybe ripples the other one that's been had a similar you know pretty um uh aggressive retrenchment or retracement i should say and dash you know it's a cryptocurrency it's kind of competing with bitcoin it has some privacy aspects but how the coin was launched and you know the pre-mine or not the pre miner, whatever whatever their uh initial kind of mining was there's some issues there there's some issues with some centralization and you know you could still argue hey dash is a cryptocurrency that's just you know an alternative to paypal or something but i don't particularly like it and maybe that's some uh, philosophical reasons but also it just doesn't have anything particularly special in my opinion uh the other one down the list is number 13 monero um Monero is interesting. I've always liked Monero. I actually don't have a position in Monero, but I've always liked it. And the primary reason that I don't is I just think it's overvalued. And it does get a reasonable amount of use, but not a ton. I mean, the volume on this is relatively small. It is a good privacy coin, but that seems to be a much smaller market than just kind of a general coin like Bitcoin or Litecoin that have much greater volume. Uh, Let's see. There's not too much down the list that I also like, so I'm not going to talk too much. There are just a couple other outliers that I kind of have some bets on, which is Zencash. I think it's a well put together project. Still got a lot of work to do, and it's still quite low on the um, market cap scale, but an interesting one in that they seem to be hitting and checking a lot of the boxes. So we'll see how that turns out. It's kind of a risky, in that we you know we really don't need another currency, but it's a low low valuation right now compared to others and seems like they have a pretty good uh uh, process and uh going going over there Uh, let's see what other ones am i uh that seems to cover the bases i'll mention a couple more things too um there's Sia coin and there's storage two kind of storage you could also throw made safe into that and uh file coin that hasn't launched yet And so let's call this distributed storage. I was actually going to write an article about this, but didn't get around to it. Um, Just haven't got around to a lot of writing. But So I want to comment on it. Um, I think that this distributed file storage is interesting, um, but the economics of it are terrible. And the economics are kind of terrible for farmers, the people who share the storage. So I actually share my storage right now. I'm more of a, a product testing point of view than anything else. I'm not making much money at all. But storage is, you know, a very cheap, ubiquitous, you know, abundant resource. And, you know, when you start distributing it, or people want to kind of have this distributed cloud, that's fine. But where it really gets you is the bandwidth. And that's what a lot of people are like, Oh, I have 50 terabytes that I can share. And you know, I'll make, you know, uh, I don't know what with storage, maybe that's like 750 bucks a month. But you need a ton of bandwidth, too, because if people are going to be moving and accessing that in and out and you get paid for bandwidth, then, I mean, you still get paid for bandwidth, but you need a lot of bandwidth to even accumulate that much. There's not that much demand for it at this point. That'll grow over time. But it's it's just not a very good value proposition. I think even SIA is is worse because uh, you need to you know have a, a stake or a bond and then you need to be have you know a very high uptime and any downtime you actually get penalized to where you lose some of your SIA coin um, and they also have a lot less you know storage uh, that's our, that on their network than stored so for example i think they're in the 100 to 200 terabytes whereas you know uh, storage i believe is in the petabytes uh, quite a bit more traction but quite a bit lower valuation which is interesting to me uh, made safe. Haven't done a deep dive. Uh, Filecoin's not out yet. But overall, I guess what I'll say about these storage coins is the economic and investment model around them is not clear or and or profitable or investable, in my humble opinion. However, the technology is very interesting. So the technology will be here to stay. But as far as an investment thesis, um, it's difficult to wrap my head around. You know, a a good investment thesis there. Um, Now, let's see, what else do I want to comment? Is kind of this quick commentary um, about the state of uh, the industry. So, I think that about covers it uh, for the most part. What you'll see is if you go through Coin Market Cap and look at a lot of these coins, what you're going to find. Is there have been quite a few that's gone, you know, up really fast? You're gonna find some pump and dump sort of signals in the chart where it just goes straight up and then comes straight back down. You're gonna see things that kind of went way up and have been working their way downward, and you're gonna see some that have been kind of worked their way up slowly in a more uniform manner and have come down, you know, slowly in a more uniform manner. And so what you're gonna see is kind of this mirror um, image of how it got to the point that it is today. And how it's going to kind of retrace. And so it's it's been quite interesting. So you've seen, for example, like Ripple go way up way fast. And it's still up quite a bit since last year. Don't get me wrong. But it's also come down fast, right? The signal looks up and down. Whereas things like Zencash um, or even Ethereum actually have gone up in a more metered fashion. And then they come down in a more metered fashion as well. So take a look at that with the charts, and that'll kind of give you an indication of what sort of volatility those particular ones have. And then there's a whole bunch of other coins in between that have probably been coming down quite a bit over time, but I just haven't focused or watched them closely. So that's kind of my overall commentary for where we are in the markets. Uh, It's not too much in depth about what's going on or Uh, analysis of particular things, but I kind of want to just put that out there as a kind of a commentary podcast, if you will, and kind of give you my thoughts as we continue this roller coaster, and hopefully I can get another one of these out within a week or so that is more specific to either GPU mining, the outlook, or uh, start uh, kind of looking at particular picks that I have and why I like particular projects. But again, everything in this market is very new, um, very nascent, uh, very little adoption, and it's going to take many years for this industry to fully develop. So with that, I'll close out this podcast and remember to check out the website and uh, follow on Twitter and you can like on Facebook. I post there periodically and I'll try and do more as uh, time goes on. But again, look for the podcast as the primary source of information and it's looking like anything else as a bonus. So I'll see you next time.